The Fan is live and local on Sunday morning. And if you're thinking this is another show talking about gambling and fantasy football rosters, you'd be 100% correct. Will you teach me to football? This, this is On the Money with Scotty Vegas and Dave Biddle. Here we'll teach you to football. Sponsored by Mobile Center, taking care of all your cellular needs. Mobile Center is now part of the 5GT mobile network. And Bud Light, America's favorite light logger. Welcome to On the Money. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by Scott Prokop. We like to call him Scotty Vegas. We have producer Bodie Wells at the controls. This is a show about fantasy football and sports gambling. What a great morning it is, my friend. Scotty Vegas, how are you doing? Oh, I'm I'm fantastic, Dave. Thanks. So last night, so much fun. You know, you go into a, a college football Saturday and you kind of are looking at the, the slate and it's like, wow, this is going to be, uh, you know, some okay games today. Yesterday turned out to be a lot of fun. It was. It was exhilarating for sure. We're going to get into all of that. By the way, if uh, you're on Twitter, follow us on Twitter at onthemoney971. Again, that's at onthemoney971. We would appreciate that very much. Now, the top story is Kyle McCord getting his first start for Ohio State last night. The Buckeyes won 59-7 to over visiting Akron. The spread was 48 and a half, and they covered for the first time this year because Minnesota... I think by the time the game started, the spread was 14, maybe even 14 and a half. So, um, so yeah, so the, for the first time, the Buckeyes cover. Let's talk about Kyle McCord, though. Very shaky start. Starts off 0-4, looks completely rattled. Kind of looked like maybe a true freshman making his first ever start in Ohio Stadium. So it's very understandable. Then he got it together, you know, and uh, put up some good stats. Maybe the stats look better than how he played. Akron's awful. Can't really take too much away from a game like that. It was... But, you know, some good things for Ohio State, some odd things, including Kayvon Pope taking his jersey and his uh, jersey off and throwing his gloves in the stands and storming off the field and saying some things on social media, blasting Ohio State and seemingly quitting the team. But uh, your thoughts on how McCord played in the, in the uh, game overall, Scotty? Yeah, what a wild night. I mean, you bring Akron to town, you think, okay, this is just going to be a, a ho-hum game. But this this was a lot of fun to watch because we saw a lot of the young guys. And, and you mentioned McCord, it's a tough start. But if you look at his numbers, he, he ended up going 13 for 18. He settled in 319 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, you know, so, and then obviously Travion Henderson got things going on the ground early. Uh, this was, this was another game where halfway through the first quarter, it was like, Oh no, this is going to be frustrating. But then after, uh, after kind of settling in, I think, you know, uh, I was watching the game with Tyvis Powell and, you know, we were talking about how, you know, freshmen first time out there in front of Ohio Stadium, 95, 100,000 people, uh, you know, the, your first through, first few throws, it's tough, man. I mean, the pressure that you're under, um, you, you just can't prepare for how much pressure that is. And, you know, he settled in nicely. And to me, Dave, looking at it, it was just nice to see all the young players get out there and the opportunity because we thought we'd see a lot of the young players against Tulsa and that ended up being a one score game in the fourth quarter. So this time we actually got to see the youth on the field and man, was it good. Did you hear that, my good people out there? When Scotty Vegas watches Ohio State football, he watches it with former starters on All American or on <laughs> national championship teams at Ohio State, like Mr. Tyvis Powell. You're not just sitting there in the man cave by yourself. You're chilling out with Tyvis Powell watching the game. I love it. So, yeah, going into the game, I thought my biggest storyline going into the game was are we seeing the start of the Kyle McCord era 
Or is this a situation where he's keeping the seat warm for C.J. Stroud, who won the competition? Obviously, Ryan Day thought he was the better choice to begin the year, but he's, he's been dealing with the bum shoulder. So I was wondering, are we going to see, is this the beginning of the Kyle McCord era, or is he just keeping the seat warm? I feel like it's the latter after what I saw last night, you know, and, and it's, but it's not decided yet. That doesn't mean Kyle McCord doesn't have a chance, but the idea that CJ Stroud's not going to get a chance once his shoulder is ready to go. Now it could linger all year. Um, you know, McCord did not play poorly, especially in his first start, but it was Akron. And I think CJ Stroud's going to get another chance. Maybe, uh, maybe next week against Rutgers. I 100% agree. I 100% agree. And, you know, listening to Ryan Day's comments after the game, I, I think CJ Stroud, they, they almost kind of indicated that he, he was feeling pretty good yesterday. Probably could have been able to go, but it was Akron, so they didn't need to. But we have got to talk about the gambling angle at the end of this football game because yes. it's incredible. You and I are texting <laughs> back and forth, uh, because the number, by the way, you know, the, the, the spread on this game, uh, ended in the 48 and a half, 49 range, uh, depending on which book you use. And the let's fact go with that, 48 and a half for my purposes. Y- yes. For your purposes, uh, in the five team, uh, parlay that you had going, uh, the 48 and a half. But the fact that the way this ended, I was texting you back and forth. It was like Ohio State had the ball a few minutes to go. And it's like, are they going to punch this in? You know, are they going to try and score the, the touchdown at the end of the game to get it to 59 points and, and to, to be covering? And they did. They did. And then, and then it was like, okay, well, it's, it's over now. All good. And then, boy, Dave, did you have a monster sweat on that last drive? I thought for sure that Akron had that touchdown pass. They had a guy wide open in the yes. end zone. Good throw uh, by their backup quarterback. And, and the guy just dropped it. In fact, it hit off his face mask. It was just a good omen. So, yeah, I had a, I, I got lucky yesterday and hit a five-pick parlay. The five, And Ohio State was the last one to go. <laughs> As I texted you before the game, they just need to win by 49 and I got it. And you're like, and you're texting me throughout the one point you give me the one with like all the money flying around. Like I had already won. I'm like, I didn't even re- notice. I didn't respond. I I, I'm like, I'm waiting. I'm not jinxing myself here. Yep. Uh, and man, it looked like I was going to lose on that, um, on that pass in the end zone. My goodness, I got lucky. So the five pick parlay was Boston College. Um, they beat Missouri. Now, I just bet on the you know the um, point spread, not the money line there. Villanova to cover over Penn State. Rutgers to cover over Michigan. NC State to cover over Clemson. NC, NC State won outright. We're going to get into that. And then, of course, Ohio State. So I got lucky. Hit a five-pick parlay yesterday. That was fun. Um, and yeah, you and our texting back and forth was hilarious. Um, how about you? Any uh, good bets you want to share from yesterday's college football action? So, you know, I'm, I'm watching the Ohio State game and, and the in-law play yesterday was a lot of fun to track because after Akron scored that first touchdown and got up 7 nothing, the spread came all the way down remember that the pregame spread was 49, 48 and a half in that territory and it came all the way down to 35 after uh, Akron scored the first touchdown. So midway through the first quarter, it's down to 35. And so that's when that's when I pounced. And then I pounced again, actually, a little bit later on when it was Ohio State minus 50. So I was right there sweating with you. And it was funny because my wife's like walking in front of the TV with about 19 seconds left in the game. And, and she sees the score is 59 to 7. Uh, and, and so she's walking in front of the TV. And I have to do one of these lean overs to kind of see around her. And she's like, uh, it's 59 to 7. You really need to see this play with less than a minute to go. And I'm like, yes, yes, I do. Yes, I do. They're calling timeouts do with not four know seconds what I do. Left. I'm Scotty Vegas. <laughs> right. So you're up 52. But that uh, who cares about that? It's about covering the spread, right? And so, yeah, I kind of 
leaning around her and, and you know, I see Akron throw the incomplete ball, you know, and I, I think, okay, game's over, game's over. And then they call a timeout with four seconds left to try and score at the very end. And fortunately, OSU got the sack and then uh, got the cover. But man, what a sweat in a 59-7 game. Yeah, yeah, we don't call you Scotty Stoic. You are Scotty <laughs> Vegas. Of course you're going to be like watching a game that's 59 to 7. There's gambling on the line there. As you mentioned, what a great day of college football in general. Let's start with Notre Dame 41, Wisconsin 13. Now, if you just told me that the game was at Soldier Field, this is really cool. If you just told me that, I'd be like, wow, Notre Dame blew out Wisconsin. Wisconsin was favored by six. The fact that Wisconsin was leading 13 to 10 early in the fourth quarter and Notre Dame won this game 41 to 13 is amazing to me. As Bodie said before the show, he's a Notre Dame fan. Um, he's never seen, I agree with his, I've never seen a game change on a kickoff return for a touchdown like that, as Bodie was saying. And then Notre Dame just, just whitewashed him from there. What a, what a big time win for Notre Dame. Puts them square in the national championship picture, or at least. I don't think they really have a chance of beating like an Alabama or a Georgia, to be honest with you. But it puts them in squarely in the college football playoff picture. Absolutely. And they have a humongous one with Cincinnati, which is kind of an elimination game here uh, coming up. Which, by the way, we're, we'll look ahead a little bit to week five college football. Week five college football, if you haven't taken a peek yet. Uh, it's a fantastic schedule of games. And congrats to Bodie. I know Bodie sweats out every single play of these Notre Dame games and, and what, what a win. And it's funny because I'm looking at the box score from yesterday and, and, you know, looking at this game, we think it's a defensive battle. Uh, you know, it goes Notre Dame zero points in the first quarter, 10 in the second quarter, zero in the third quarter. And then, oh, by the way, 31 in the fourth quarter. What a ridiculous, uh, game. Great win for Notre Dame. Now they'll easily move into the top 10 and set up that great match with Cincinnati. Irish, six-point dogs and win by 28 over Wisconsin. Impressive, impressive. Not that impressive was Michigan, and I was very impressed with them through the first three weeks. And I was saying all offseason how terrible they were going to be because I was used to seeing them be terrible the last few seasons. They look good to me, and I know they weren't playing like you know any great teams, but like Western Michigan, for example, they could be the best team in the MAC this year. They beat Pittsburgh. Western Michigan did. Michigan destroyed them. The spread in that game was like sixteen, and they won by thirty three over Western Michigan. They've looked good to me, just way better than I thought they would. Not yesterday. Now in the first half, they did against Rutgers. They're up twenty to three at halftime against Rutgers. The spread was twenty. It was one of the games that I had in my five pick. Parlay was I had Rutgers covering the spread. I thought they're going to be able to keep it close. I'm thinking, now here, man, here goes Michigan again. They're not only just going to cover the 20 point spread. It looks like they're just going to blow out Rutgers. This could be a 30 point game. I watched that game, man. Rutgers dominated the second half. Michigan's lucky that game didn't go to overtime. Really, not that they something crazy happened, but like Rutgers dominated the second half on both sides of the football. 20 to 13 was the final. And so Rutgers won the second half 10 to nothing, but it was worse than that. So as someone who all offseason was like, Michigan's going to be terrible. Ooh, Michigan looks like they might be Ohio State's biggest threat in the Big Ten. I'm not back to thinking they're terrible. I think they're going to be like a 9-3 and three team, but they certainly are no juggernaut. They have very little passing offense, and they couldn't do anything in the second half. No, just look at the total yards in the game. 
I mean, Rutgers had 352. Michigan had 275. So Rutgers had 77 more yards in the game than Michigan did. And, you know, Michigan only had 163 passing yards. And that was a game, look, Rutgers missed a, a short field goal, which would have made it a little more interesting, you know, for for Rutgers' last drive. Uh, but, yeah, that this was a game that Michigan did not look good, uh, especially, as you said, the second half. NC State 27, Clemson 21 in double overtime. Clemson was favored by 10.5. This is another one I had in my uh, five-pick parlay. I had NC State covering. Should have went money line on that. Then I really would have won some coin. Now, that would have been reckless, even though it would have worked in that case. Clemson's out of the college football playoff race. I mean, I guess crazier things have happened. They're hat now. Somewhat small sample size. The college football playoffs existed for a total of six years. um, Or is it seven years? Um, There's not been a two-loss team make it. And I don't think Clemson's going to be the first one. DJO looks overrated to me, looks rattled. They just don't look good. Their offense isn't, their offensive line is terrible. Um, go NC State. Way to go. Clemson after four weeks is out. I love it. That was wild, too. I mean, NC State missed three field goals in that game and still, you know, typically when, when, if you're going to beat Clemson, you have to play a near perfect football game and NC state did not play a near, a near perfect football game. And we remember last week, Clemson had a ton of trouble with Georgia tech. So that's a team that's struggling. And Dave, I love to see it. I love to see Clemson struggle uh, like they are right now. And I'll tell you what you, you mentioned that they're probably out of the playoff race. I think the whole ACC, you know, is is pretty much eliminated. You lose Clemson. Uh, you know, looking at it, North Carolina came into the year as a team that people thought w- would be a contender, maybe to uh, in the ACC, maybe to make the playoffs. I think you can eliminate them. Uh, you know, they've got what Wake Forest and Virginia Tech. I, I think the the ACC is probably going to not be represented in the playoffs this year. Now, I know Notre Dame is in in, in the conversation, and they play a lot of ACC teams. But, you know, I think the conference as a whole, I think they're eliminated. Good day for my sister yesterday. I just have one sibling, an older sister. She's a huge Ohio State fan. Imagine that. We were raised correctly. Um, both of our parents went to Ohio State. But she actually went to Bowling Green. Oh. So she had a great day yesterday. The Buckeyes, just, she got, you know, they, it was Akron, but the Buckeyes win by 52 Bowling Green 14, Minnesota 10. Not really that good for Ohio State. But, you know, if you're a Bowling Green fan, Bowling Green grad, you're feeling good about that. But, man, that came out of nowhere. Bowling Green is not supposed to be one of the better teams in the MAC this year. They're not like a Western Michigan. They're supposed to be, like, middle of the pack at best in the MAC, I believe. Um, not good. And I know losing Ibrahim for the season hurts Minnesota. But they beat Colorado 30 to nothing after that. Not that Colorado is any, anything special. Bowling Green 14. Minnesota 10. I don't even remember what the spread was. Minnesota was favored by a ton, though. They were favored by 30 and a half. There you, you remember the spread. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, the crazy thing Scotty is... Vegas. The crazy thing, Dave, is <laughs> I, I remember looking at that spread thinking, man, I, I think... Minnesota coming off that 30 to 0 win over Colorado. I mean, I, I think that's a pretty decent bet. I, I fortunately didn't take it, but I, I mean, I think about what the money line would have been on a 30 point underdog, but that was, that was crazy. And then there was other, you know, other Big Ten games that were, were really interesting too. Iowa, Dave kind of struggled, especially for the first half. They were down 
to Colorado State. So that was interesting. Uh, Michigan State snu- uh, snuck out a win. And I, I think we got to talk about something, though. You know, as far as Ohio State going forward, we're, we're, we know that Ohio State has to have signature quality wins to get back into the playoff uh, conversation. So now I find myself rooting for Iowa. So when they were playing Colorado State, I was pulling hard for Iowa to come back and, w- and win that game. And then another one, I, this is a sneaky one, but Michigan State is ranked now. And so if they would have lost at home to Nebraska, I think that would have been thrown out the door. So I, I think I'm finding myself rooting for Michigan State, for Iowa, for Penn State even, so that when Ohio State plays them, these are really high-quality potential wins for Ohio Ohio State, even Michigan yesterday, it was kind of like, well, do we need Michigan to be really good? Uh, But man, I I still can't get myself to root for Michigan. So I was still pulling for Rutgers. And we are going to talk more Big Ten football later in the show. But real quick, Scotty, speaking of Big Ten football, speaking of Ohio State football, you made a bet this week. That I want you to tell the listeners about. Yeah, I, I went in on a Travion Henderson Heisman bet, uh, which you know, I, fifty to one. Look, if you look across the, across the country, there's not a lot of great front runners uh, for the Heisman Trophy this year. So I just I just did a little sneak and, and threw that in at fifty to one. But the problem, Dave, I only got eight carries yesterday. He did a lot with those, but only eight carries. Yeah, over 10 yards of carry, two touchdowns. They want to keep him fresh, get the other guys in there. So, hey, they're keeping your guy fresh. If yeah. he stays healthy, I tell you, he, he will have a legitimate chance of winning the Heisman. That kid's special, and he's already putting up crazy stats. All right, up next, we're going to take a look at all of the injuries that are heavily impacting fantasy football. That is up next on The Money, 97.1 The Fan. The only radio station still operating with an active booze cart. I'm drunk right now. No, I'm not. Yes, I am. The Fan, Ohio Sports Destination. On the money, 97.1 The Fan. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by Scotty Vegas. Let's get into injuries that are greatly affecting fantasy football. I mean, to no surprise, anybody who's played fantasy football, we're two weeks in, there's already a litany of injuries. Let's start with Christian McCaffrey. I guess the good news for McCaffrey owners is it's probably not long-term, but he will be out multiple weeks with a pulled hamstring. Rookie Chuba Hubbard will be the starter now, and you know he looked pretty decent after McCaffrey went down. McCaffrey was the number one overall pick in pretty much every fantasy draft though, Scotty. So hopefully if people drafted McCaffrey, they got the handcuff with Hubbard. Oh yeah, when I first saw that on Thursday night that he was in the tent, it looked like it had potential to be really serious. So that was that was big. Fortunately, it doesn't look like it's going to be too long, but uh, yeah, hamstring not good. Dalvin Cook unlikely to play today for the Vikings, meaning Alexander Madison. Get him in your lineups again. It's not official yet, but Dalvin Cook, I had to take him out of out of one of my. I have him in my keeper league. I had to take him out and put Jalen Waddle in there. That didn't feel good. <laughs> that didn't feel good at all. But uh, I, I would get Dalvin Cook out of there. It sounds like he is you know highly unlikely to play today. Yeah, and, and they're playing the late game, so you can't kind of mess around and 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 hope that he hope that he plays. I think you just got to take him out, and that's going to be a high scoring game with the Seahawks today. So. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's a blow. couple of things here with Tua uh, that I want you to comment on. Fractured ribs, so he's out for at least three weeks. Jacoby Brissett to start. Fantasy impact there. Plus, is Tua fragile? Like, is this is the, they're, they're mounting up. You can withstand a serious injury or two. I mean, this young man, he's tough. I'm not saying he's not tough. There's a big difference between toughness and durability. 
he seems to lack durability. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're at that point, right, where it's, you know, questionable all the time. You know, it's tough. But, you know, as far as the fantasy impact, you got Brissett in there. That's going to negatively impact all of those Miami wide receivers a little bit. So a little bit of downgrade for all those guys. Like Jalen Waddle, like Waddle, like <laughs> like, like you, Waddle. Yeah, you might, you might have to. We'll, still, we'll get all. We'll get to that in a second. You have a dilemma of your own with Jalen Waddle and somebody we're going to talk about. Let's just get to that now. OBJ questionable, but probably will play for the Browns today. But probably will be on a pitch count. You would think maybe not, maybe not. And how effective is he going to be his first game back? Do you start a Jalen Waddle like you're debating, or do you start an OBJ? Yeah, it's, boy, this is something I've debated the last couple days, and it's I, I'm going to go with Waddle just because it's the safer route. Um, but it looks like Odell Beckham is going to play, and and you know the fact that Jarvis Landry is out uh, kind of gives me pause a little bit too, as far as uh, playing Odell Beckham. But for me, I, I'm a guy who has to play it safe, uh, and, and I can't take a you know as you mentioned, your snap count issue potential with with Odell. So to me, I got to play it safe with Waddle. Carson Wentz didn't practice all week, dealing with two sprained ankles. I mean, he, that's. <laughs> Speaking of fragile. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Again, tough guy. There's no doubt about it. Carson Wentz is a tough guy, but it looks like he might be fragile. Josh Jacobs might be a little fragile. He could be out again this week with ankle and toe injuries. He's fought injuries ever since coming in the league. Uh, Kenyon Drake will start for the Raiders if Josh Jacobs is out. Justin Fields will start for the Bears today. We're getting more of this throughout the show against the Browns. Brownie fans, worlds are colliding, huh? They're like, nah, it's going to be easy to put that aside. I can relate to that. Watching the Bengals game last week when Fields came in, I didn't have mixed emotions. I was like, let's go Bengals. Get after them. You know, yeah. don't hurt them, but let's go. Um, so Browns fans won't have mixed emotions when that's, that game's going on. They'll be highly rooting against Justin Fields. I can't wait to see that. I do think the Browns are going to, you know, it's going to be tough on Fields today. I just hope he never looks back. I hope he, this is his job. You know, they're saying when Andy Dalton gets healthy, he's going to be the guy again. I don't believe him unless Fields looks terrible. Um, hopefully this is just Fields' job when we're seeing the beginning of the Fields era today. Yeah, I think so. I think so. You know, here, here looking at Fields last week, you know, 6 for 13, 61 yards through the air, a, a really, really bad interception, Ten, but 10 uh, rushes, 31 yards. Look, I think Justin Fields – Fantasy impact. We talked about it. I drafted him in two of the three leagues that I'm in because I think he is down the stretch. It has the potential to be a huge fantasy quarterback. So uh, I know he's probably mostly owned in, in all the leagues. But if, if Justin Fields happens to be out there, uh, I'd grab him, grab him. Couple more quick ones. Antonio Brown out due to COVID, and it looks like uh, for the Rams, Henderson will be out. Not official yet, but uh, highly doubtful. Sony Michelle would start for the Rams at running back if that is the case. All right, it is time for our NFL MVP draft. What that is? So each week we're having a little fun here. Scotty and I get to pick one player to add to our MVP roster. The most we can have in our roster at any point is three players. This is our third week doing it. So you know, once we get into week four, week five, we can drop a player if we would like to. Thus far, Scott has Tom Brady and Russell Wilson on his team, and I have Patrick Mahomes and Kyler Murray. I'm looking, I'm looking pretty good over here. In fact, I'm looking better with Murray than I am with Mahomes. I did not, I didn't expect that. All right, now I get the first pick this week. I'm taking Josh Allen. Yep, I knew as my, you were. as my third and final. So I have Mahomes, 
Murray, and Allen. Scotty, who are you adding to your MVP roster? So I'm going to add Dak Prescott to my roster. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, I, I just think, you know, the potential, the yards that he puts up. Uh, and if you were to look at the current odds on MVP, it's, it's interesting. Tom Brady is currently the odds-on favorite at plus 450. Then you've got Mahomes at plus 550. Then you're looking at Kyler at 8 to 1. And then you got Josh Allen at 10 to 1, Dak Prescott at 10 to 1. And then, you know, these are guys that we're going to be looking at potentially in the draft coming up uh, in the in the next few weeks. Lamar Jackson is is twelve to one. Uh, Aaron Rodgers twelve to one. Matthew Stafford twelve to one. So those are the guys just outside of our top six. Really quick, Survivor Pool. We each pick, picked uh, the Packers last week. They won. Who do you have this week? I'm going Baltimore. You know, it, it, to me, it's going to be a situation where I'm going to look mostly at. Uh, taking teams that are going up against the Jaguars or the Lions. Yeah, that's kind of my strategy. <laughs> and, good strategy. And I'm going Baltimore this week. <laughs> I've got the Broncos at home against the Jets. Good one, too. All right, up next, if you would like to call the show with a question on fantasy football or sports gambling, the phone lines are open. The number is 614-821-9710. Again, that's 614-821-9710. That is up next on The Money, 97.1 The Fan. Buckeyes, Jackets, Crew, and Panama Dead yelling about something being too hot. I don't understand it either. The Fan, Ohio Sports Destination. On the money, 97.1 The Fan. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by Scotty Vegas. If you would like to call the show with a question on fantasy football or sports gambling, the number is 614-821-9710. In fact, Let's head on out to the phone lines right now and check in with Rich. Rich, welcome to On the Money. You are on the fan. What is your question? Hey, uh, man, I got D Swift in my flex spot, and they're going up against Baltimore today. So I'm a little scared. So I got Beasley and Devontae Smith on the bench. Debating about switching them out. I'm a little scared with the Baltimore defense. I would go Swift unless he doesn't play. Yes, keep a close eye on because Swift is is questionable today. So keep a, a close eye on that. I actually like Devontae Smith a lot uh, on Monday night going up against the Cowboys. Um, so if you have to switch out Swift for for Smith, I think you could go ahead and do that. But but keep an eye close to one o'clock because uh, Swift is absolutely questionable going into the game. Appreciate it, guys. Yeah, thanks for the call. Good luck. All right. Now let's get into some daily fantasy. We're going to head out to, uh, out to the phone lines here after we do this. I want to talk some daily fantasy football. As we do every week, Scotty, we give our favorite value picks at quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end today for daily fantasy. All right. For quarterback, I have Kirk Cousins versus the Seahawks. I'm not a huge Kirk Cousins guy, but the Seahawks are bad against the pass. Yes. And, and this game has the highest over under for the week at 55 and a half. Kirk Cousins, good value pick. If these Again, these are value picks. I don't think Kirk Cousins is going to be the best quarterback in fantasy this week, but you can get it for just 6300 on DraftKings. So Kirk, Cous- Kirk Cousins is my quarterback. Yeah, just real quick, I wanted to give some of those high over-under totals. So you, you mentioned the Vikes Seahawks. That is the, the that is one of the, the highest of the weeks. You also have the Bucks rams game is at 55.5. Chargers-Chiefs, 54.5. I agree with you. I like Cousins. Uh, the other guy, sneaky value play. 
Uh, call me a homer here, but I think Justin Fields, which you can get for just over $5,000 salary-wise, uh, Fields, to me, is it's a cheap price, and I think there's a good chance of a rushing touchdown today out of him. Yeah, he could get you know a passing touchdown, rushing touchdown. It's going to be interesting. I, I do think the Browns are, um, not to give away one of my best bets, oh, maybe to give away my best bets. <laughs> I feel like the Browns are going to win that game by 10 or more, and they're favored by... Seven and a half. I mean, I don't think they're going to blow them out, but I do think the Browns are going to win somewhat comfortably. All right, running back for me in daily fantasy. I feel like Najee Harris is a, is a good value now. The Steelers' offensive line, not good. Big Ben's banged up. They don't have Deontay Johnson, um, but I think that's another reason they're going to try and maybe run the ball a little more. They don't have Deontay Johnson. Big Ben is banged up. Not a good offensive line. in The Bengals' D-line, not deep, but their starters are good. Still, give me Najee Harris. Only 6600 on DraftKings. I like that value. I like the value, too. I also like the value in Kenyon Drake. We talked about Jacobs being out for the Raiders. Look, the Raiders have been throwing the ball all over the place. Derek Carr actually leads the league in NFL passing yards, which is crazy. And Drake plays a ton in the passing game. Five catches in both his first and second uh, games of the season. So I like Drake and the Raiders as a sneaky play. I like that one. Wide receiver for me, Robert Woods versus the Bucks, 5,700. I like that. Now the Bucks have a very good defense, obviously, but I like Robert Woods, just 5,700 at my wide receiver spot. What about you? You talked about how crappy, uh, the, the defense is. And, and I found a defense that's, that really is bad in, in Seattle against the pass. And KJ Osborne for the Vikings, he's a guy, again, we're talking value picks. He's available under $4,000. And one of the biggest surprises of the year is he actually leads the Vikings in receiving yards. So KJ Osborne, the value at 3,500 is good. Tight end for me, Gerald Everett against the Vikings. This is really like low barrel value, like $3,000. Uh, <laughs> 3000 for the tight end, Gerald, Ed- Gerald Everett. My reasoning here, Vikings are 27th in the NFL this season against tight ends. So I'm going to go with Everett at tight end for three grand. Who's your tight end? So one of the guys who I really regret passing on in my fantasy draft is TJ Hawkinson with the Lions. He has been incredible. The Lions have looked his way 20 times through two games so far this year. I know you're going to have to pay up a little bit to get him, but look, he's going up against Baltimore, and Baltimore ranks last in the league defending tight end. So pay up a little bit, get TJ Hawkinson. A couple of callers to get to here. Let's talk to Richard. Richard, welcome to the fan. You're on on the money. What is your question, sir? Yes, um, I know the the uh, status of the sports betting bill. It cleared the Senate in uh, June and went to the House, and now the House has got to talk about it again. When do you actually think we're going to have legalized sports betting in Ohio? Because it it gets frustrating every day to have to think about driving down the wheeling, and uh, it's just getting frustrating. I mean. Ohio's just losing millions and millions of dollars to these other states. So I don't know if you've got any other information update on that, but uh, do we have any hope of having it by the first of the year, maybe for the Super Bowl? First of all, Richard, I'm going to let Scotty answer your question. God bless you, sir. I feel like I planted this call or something. Yeah. You're just, uh, you're like, man, you're, you're preaching to the choir here, man. I could not agree with you more. It frustrates me. We talk about it a lot. Scotty, give this man an update. Richard, thank you. It, it sucks. It sucks. It's re- absolutely <laughs> ridiculous that this hasn't been, that this hasn't gotten done. Last week, we took a call from a guy 
who is driving out to Indiana to place his nice hard-earned money in Indiana. And he won that bet, too. And he won the bet. He won the money. Uh, so, But here's here's the thing, Richard. This is not uh, this is not going to happen quickly, unfortunately. Uh, it's not going to be up and running by the by the start of the new year. The, the quickest that I've now seen that the, we could potentially start making actual sports bets in casinos is now early April. So we're talking after March Madness, which is maddening, right? It's so frustrating. But uh, earliest is probably April at this point. Thank you for the call. Appreciate Thank it, man. We're, we're like-minded for sure. Yeah, keep fighting the good Thank fight, you. Richard. Thanks for the call. All right, let's head on out and talk to Jamie. Welcome to the fan. This is On The Money. What is your question, sir? Hey, good morning, guys. Good so, morning. I, I'm, I'm torn on whether I should start Josh Allen or Jalen Hurts. Um, Allen seems to just have kind of let me down the last couple weeks, so just not sure where I should go with that slot today. Good problem to have. I think they're both top seven quarterbacks in fantasy. I have Allen a little bit ahead of Hurts. I would go with Allen. Good problem to have, though. What do you think, Scotty? I agree. I have Allen just slightly above Hurts because, you know, look, I think that that Eagles-Dallas game is going to be high scoring. Uh, but here's the thing. Washington gave up a lot of points uh, to the Giants last Thursday night. So that Washington defense hasn't been as good as people thought it would be. I think this is a get-right game for Josh Allen. I think I think uh, Buffalo wins, and I think Josh Allen puts up big numbers. So I'd go Allen. It is close, though. Some great calls today. Sorry, thanks, guys. Hey, thanks, Jamie. Good luck. Thanks for the call. All right, one more here in this segment. We'll take some more calls later. Let's get to one more here in this segment. Let's check in with... Rusty, Rusty, welcome to the fan. This is on the money. What is your question, sir? First off, they making me get up early. Yeah, right. That's the obligatory Dak or Lamar question. But biggest question is, what's going on with Dalvin Cook? Is he going to play or not? No, it doesn't look like it. He's highly doubtful. Like I had to take him out of one of my lineups and hold my nose and put Jalen Waddle in there instead. At my flex, I already moved my running backs around just in case. Um, so yeah, I took Dalvin Cook out of my lineup. Sounds like Alexander Madison's going to start, and Dalvin Cook will not play because of that ankle. Yeah, sorry, Rusty. It's time to pivot away from Cook, unfortunately, and and, and it's brutal because this is going to be a high scoring game against the Seahawks. But uh, yeah, very very doubtful. I you can't risk it, especially with it being a late game. Did you also say Lamar or Dak? Go with Lamar. Yeah, both both top. Five quarterbacks this week. Lamar might be the best, though. Yep, yep. Lamar, I've got him as my second. So, all right, man. Hey, good luck to you, and thank you for the thanks for the call, Rusty. All right, now it's time for fact or fiction. These are observations from week two of the NFL season. Basically, are we overreacting? Yeah, probably. Um, number one, fact or fiction, Scotty. The Bucks have solidified themselves as the best team in the NFL. I think that's a fact, Dave. I mean. The thing with me is the Chiefs defense is just they they struggle. They they struggle. The Chiefs defense I can't trust. I think they're gonna let teams in games. I think the Bucks are the best team, so that's a fact for me. I agree. Fact number two, Scotty, the Raiders are a legit contender in the American football conference. Oh man, I just can't put them in the same conversation with the Chiefs, the Browns, the Bills. I'm gonna go fiction on that. I'll say they're a legit contender. I'll say that's a fact that they're a contender, but I, 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 I'm skeptical too. So I'm like kind of in between. I'll say that they're a contender, 
But I would put them like near the, the bottom of the list of contenders for sure. Number three, Kyler Murray is going to end the year as QB1 with the most fantasy points. Fact or fiction? I think that's a fact. I mean, looking at what he's done his first two weeks, 740 yards combined, nine touchdowns. You have him in the MVP draft. I'm a little jealous of that. Of that. I'm going to go fact. I also have him in our 14-team league. Yes, you do. At the 97.1, the fan. I love that. Yeah, I think it's a fact. I hope it's a fact. But yeah, it, it does look like it's going to be a fact if he stays healthy. Number four, the emphasis on the taunting rule in the NFL is ridiculous. Fact. It sucks. It actually cost Seattle last week and cost me a parlay last week. It's almost as dumb, not quite as dumb, but almost as dumb as... Ohio not having legalized sports gambling. Yeah, nothing you, you, tops that. Nothing tops that. That's the <laughs> dumbest thing ever. Fact. Fact. On, on the taunting. Yes. Fifth and final one. None of the current 0-2 teams will make the playoffs this season. That's a fact. I think the only team that could potentially maybe get back into it is the Vikings, but I think that's a fact. I'll go with fiction. I don't know who it's going to be, but because there's an extra game now, they're playing 17, not 16. And again, instead of having two wild cards, there's three wild cards, which is something that they did last year. So because of the extra game, because there's three wild cards in each conference, I will say fiction. Up next, we're going to look at how former Ohio State players are doing in the NFL this season. And we're going to look back more on Ohio State's game against Akron yesterday and look ahead to Ohio State football next week against Rutgers. That is up next on The Money, 97.1 The Fan. Sports, conversation, and sometimes pure stupidity. It's awesome, funny, random. Your home of the Buckeyes, the fan, Ohio's sports destination. On the money, 97.1 The Fan. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by Scotty Vegas. Scotty, let's take a look at how former Ohio State players are doing in the NFL this season. What do you got, my friend? All right, let's start out. We know Justin Fields is making his first start today against the Browns last week. Fields went 6 for 13, 61 yards through the air, uh, and and had 10 rushes for 31 yards, led the, the Bears to a win over the Bengals last week. How about Zeke last week, picking up his first touchdown of the season against the Chargers on Sunday. He finished the game with 71 rushing yards, two catches for 26 yards. Nick Bosa, by the way, fantastic game last week against the Eagles. He ended up being credited with two sacks, two quarterback hurries, a tackle for a loss, and a forced fumble. And one other guy who I wanted to mention, Bradley Roby, who is actually now a member of the Saints, had a pretty good week last week as well. He had a seven-yard sack. Roby now, Dave, one of seven Buckeyes currently employed by the Saints now. Malcolm Jenkins, we know. Marshawn Lattimore. Pete Werner's there. Uh, those are the guys on the active roster. Jalen Holmes is on the practice squad. Plus, you've got Michael Thomas, Nick Vanette also there. So tons of uh, Buckeyes on the Saints. They love their Buckeyes down there in New Orleans. Uh, and why not? And why not? All right, let's look ahead to next week in college football. Let's start with Ohio State at Rutgers. You know, even before yesterday, Rutgers gave Michigan all they could handle. I was saying this is not going to be an easy game. We saw Rutgers come into Ohio Stadium last year during the weird year and have a nice comeback and give the Buckeyes fits. I don't know what it is about Shiano, man. Not a good defensive coordinator, but is a good head coach. It's like the opposite of Chris Ash. Chris Ash was a good defensive coordinator here. Terrible head coach at Rutgers. Now, it helps that Shiano has already had 11 years of of success there. He's a Jersey guy. It's just a perfect fit, Shiano at Rutgers. Now, I think the Buckeyes are going to win the game. I'm curious what the point spread is going to be. 
But that'll be a good test for Ohio State. It will be a good test. Look, the, the fact is Rutgers ended up having more yards than Michigan yesterday. Played really good defense. This is a team that's three and one. Uh, you know, they beat Temple. They won at Syracuse. Um, this is a team that, that really had a good opportunity, uh, to, to beat Michigan yesterday. So yeah, it's, it's not a walkover, uh, game. And, you know, boy, I hadn't really put a lot of thought into what that spread would be. I would say maybe you might see Ohio State in that 13-point favorite range. Uh, just look, last week, Michigan, Rutgers. Michigan was a 20-point favorite at home against Rutgers. Uh, you know, I would probably put it in the two-touchdown range. I bet it'll be higher than that. It if could it, be. If it was, I know it was at Michigan, but if they were favorite and they... And they only lost by seven, so that 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 will adjust things, I'm sure. But Ohio State gets so much because obviously they're not trying to predict the score. We all know this; they're trying to get action on both sides. But um, I'm going to guess it's going to be 18. Yeah, I'm going to guess it's going to be 18. Ohio State favored by 18. Yeah, maybe my two touchdown was a little low. I don't think it's going to hit 20, which is what uh, you know the Michigan Rutgers line was. But I think it's I think it's probably you know between 14 and 18 in that ballpark. Great slate of games next week. Obviously, we care most about Ohio State and Rutgers. We're here in Columbus, Ohio, uh, and we love the Buckeyes. But what are some other games that really stand out next week, Scotty? Oh, Dave, next week is two TVs needed all weekend, really. You've got, uh, and even starting Friday night, that Iowa-Maryland game. Iowa goes to Maryland. Those are both 4-0 teams. That gets kind of the weekend started on on uh, Friday the 1st. And then listen to this lineup, though. I, I love these matchups. Arkansas who's 4-0, is going to play Georgia, and Arkansas coming off that huge win over A&M. So you got that one. That's a noon game. How great is that? You've got Michigan at Wisconsin. You know, how can Wisconsin bounce back? We'll see. But then how about this at 2-30? Cincinnati at Notre Dame. I mean, this is this is an enormous football game. Can't wait to see that one. I know Bodie's ready. He's already getting ready for that game. Three thirty next week. This did he, is. Did he just put? Did he just cross out a Luke Fickle picture? Bodie, calm down back there. Come, <laughs> come on. Um, but look at look at this, Dave. Three thirty. This is one I have circled. Ole Miss, Mississippi, man, can they score against Alabama? I think that's going to be a fantastic football game. I actually, uh, I, I think there's a good chance Mississippi goes on the road and beats Alabama. I, I love their offense that much. It's going to be fun. And then you've got other, other big games like Oklahoma's going on the road, always has trouble with Kansas State. So that's going to be a lot of fun. There is just good games across the board all weekend next weekend. And we'll get into our picks to, to make the college football playoff later in the show. We do our football quick hitters as we do every week on the show. Man, I see a clear top three with Bama, Georgia, Oregon. Oklahoma didn't look good. They barely beat West Virginia. Keep in mind, Maryland beat West Virginia. And I figured West Virginia would give Oklahoma fits. I didn't think it'd be that close. Um, Oklahoma doesn't look that good to me. And right now, they, they would be the fourth team, wouldn't they? If you, I mean, not to give away our, uh, our four. They're ranked fourth. But you barely beat, and they haven't looked, it wasn't just the West Virginia game. Oklahoma's not looked good. So I see three teams that look like the best teams in the nation right now, and then it's a crapshoot after that. And I feel like if Ohio State can run the table and finish 12 and 1, they're going to have a really good chance of getting in because of a lot of things you've pointed out. Not only would they be Big Ten champs, they could theoretically beat a top five Iowa team in the Big Ten championship game. They'll have a bunch of ranked teams they'll be playing in the Big Ten East, which is brutal. Can they get to 12 and 1 is my big question. Um, but um, I think 12 and 1 Ohio State would get in. 
I, I do too. I do too. And, and going back to to the discussion about Oklahoma, yeah, they have not looked good. They should have lost at home to West Virginia yesterday. West Virginia had some stupid mistakes that that cost them that game. And by the way, you know, as far as the fourth team, we'll get into this next hour. But that Cincinnati Notre Dame winner uh, to me is probably the team. Whoever wins that game probably would would potentially move into number four right now. Up next, we're going to talk a lot about the Cleveland Browns and the Bears today and the Cincinnati Bengals and the Steelers today. Also, if you would like to call the show with a question on fantasy football or sports gambling, the number is 614-821-9710. Again, that's 614-821-9710. That is up next on The Money, 97.1 The Fan. We know you're listening to The Fan on Saturday, and now you have no reason not to listen on Sunday. Your Central Ohio home for the Browns, The Fan. On the money, 97.1 The Fan. I am Dave Biddle, joined by Scott Prokop. We like to call him Scotty Vegas. We have producer Bodie Wells at the controls. If you are just joining us, this is a show about fantasy football and sports gambling, two of the greatest things on the face of this earth. If you would like to call the show with a question on fantasy football or sports gambling, the number is 614-821-9710. Let's get to the Chicago Bears and Justin Fields at the Cleveland Browns today. You can hear that game. Right here on 97.1 The Fan. In fact, pregame coverage starts right after our show. There's a two-hour pregame show, as always, that'll start right after our show at 11 o'clock. So keep it locked to 97.1 The Fan. Scotty, let's look at the betting previews for the Bears at the Browns. We'll also look at the Bengals at the Steelers in a moment. Bears at the Browns. Browns favored by 7.5. Now, if you want to go money line, minus 340 on the Browns. If you're a Bears fan, you think you might have a chance today. Plus 270 is the money line for the Bears. Over, under, just 44 and a half. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, once we found out that Justin Fields was going to play this game, uh, was going to be the starter, you know, this line kind of stuck at seven and a half, and it's kind of stayed there all week. I want to throw out some of the uh, prop bets that are out there, specifically on Justin Fields. So you've got Justin Fields over under 208 passing yards today, over under 55 rushing yards today. Uh, Baker Mayfield is uh, over under 240 passing yards Nick Chubb at 74. This is an interesting uh, prop bet to me, one that I like. Justin Fields to score a touchdown today is 2-1. to one. So you can get 2-1 to one that he gets a rushing touchdown this afternoon. Oh, and- right. Can't be a passing touchdown, Correct. just a rushing t- Okay, gotcha. Yep, yep, it's got to be a rushing touchdown. And as you mentioned, this is one of the lower over-under totals of the week at 44.5. So they expect kind of a lower-scoring game, but can't wait to see uh, Justin Fields. And and the Browns, you know, after last week, you know, obviously they lose Landry. It was, it was, it was a weird week against the Texans last week. They weren't able to get the cover. It was a high spread. It was 13.5. They ended up win the, winning the game by 10. Um, but right now, uh, as you mentioned, the the money line minus three fifty on the Browns, plus two eighty on the Bears. It's going to be fun to see. Now I'm going to be watching the Bengals game, but I'm going to be flipping back and forth. It's going to be fun seeing Fields. Kind of wish his first start wasn't against the Browns in Cleveland. Um, hey, you know, I mean, not all Cleveland fans are, are Buckeye fans, so they'll still be getting on them. The Buckeye fans will be getting on them too, but uh, maybe not as as hard as they as they normally would. We'll get to the Bengals and the Steelers in a second. Let's head on out to the phone lines. Let's check in with Paul. Paul, welcome to the fan. Welcome to On the Money. What is your question? 
Yeah, I've got Dalvin Cook in my running back spot today. I don't know if he's going to play, though. So um, I've got Gibson, Kareem Hunt, and uh, Jamal from the the Lions. So you think Cook's going to play or I do not think I do not think Cook's going to play and keep an eye on it. But I, I had to take him out of one of my lineups and put Jalen Waddle in there, and that's just that's awful. Um, I hate taking Dalvin Cook out, but the last I heard, he, he wasn't just doubtful; he was highly doubtful. Is what I read. What do you think, Scotty? Yeah, he, Cook has got to be out of your lineup. He's. I don't think he's playing. I don't think there's any chance he plays. Uh, so for for me, looking at the guys that you mentioned, Hunt and Williams. So keep an eye. I think you got to play Hunt, but keep an eye on Swift for the Lions because if Swift is out, then I think Williams is a really good play for the Lions in what should be a pretty high scoring game against the Ravens. So. Keep an eye on Swift. You know, look about twelve thirty. If Swift is out, then I'd play Williams. But if Swift is playing, I would play Hunt. I agree. Thanks for the call, Paul. Good luck to you. All right, let's look at Steelers Bengals Heinz Field, which Bengals always play well there. Never. Um, Steelers. The line's now down to two and a half. I think it opened at like four. Then it was three and a half, then three, and now it's down two and a half. Steelers are favored, but they are banged up. Big Ben's going to play, but he's banged up. Watt is not going to play. The Bengals have been honest about that. Before he was ruled out, they were. I think it was Tyler Boyd saying, uh, if Watt can't play, uh, we're going to be lucky. That's how great he is. Money line, minus 160 Steelers, plus 135 for the Bengals. If you think the Bengals can get this done, plus 135 on the money line. Over, under, just 43. Talk about a low-scoring game. Your thoughts on all of that? Yeah, you know, initially when this line came out, it was all the way up to four and a half. So this has moved down two points and it's moved through that key number of three. So you you know that a lot of the sharp money is coming in throughout the week on the Bengals. Look, Ben's a little beat up. You mentioned all the all the Steeler injuries. You know, the Steelers have been so weird so far this year in the fact that, you know, week one, they're a six and a half point dog to the Bills and they win that game outright. Week two, they're a six-point favorite over uh, the Raiders, and they lose that game. So they're all over the place. And, and look, with all these injuries, it's probably a stay-away game for me. If if the, if you could have gotten the Bengals at plus three and a half or four, then I think it would have been a play on the Bengals. This just, to me, feels like a field goal-type game one way or the other. If you had to bet, would you go Bengals money line? Or would you go Steelers to cover? Like, if you had to make a bet on this game, what would you do? Well, if it's if it's two and a half, then yes, I, I would I would go Bengals money line on the play. I just think the Steelers are so beat up. I think you can you can you can throw that in there. But you know, it, it, it's a tough one. You and you and I were talking off the break, and it's just it, it just feels like it goes against everything in us to take the Bengals on the road in Pittsburgh. That's right. I, like I analyze this, and I'm thinking, man, the Bengals could. I mean. They look like they, they've been playing better than what I thought. The Steelers, are, you're getting the Steelers at a great time. They're banged up. Their offensive line, even if it's healthy, is not good. And the Bengals' D-line looks good. It's not very deep. They can't with, they can't have any injuries, but their, star, their four starters look good, the Bengals, on the D-line. Um, Big Ben's banged up near the end of his career. Deontay Johnson's out. You know, this and that. And that. Watt is out. Bengals are relatively healthy. Then I see Heinz Field, and I'm like, I'm out. No. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. Uh, just from, from years of the Steelers just absolutely dominating the bank. Not that they don't dominate them at PBS as well, but it's even worse at Heinz Field. All right, let's head on out to the phone lines again. Loving these calls. Let's talk with Jimmy. Jimmy, welcome to the fan. Welcome to On the Money. What is your question? Hey, what's going on, guys? 
My question, uh, I've got a survivor league that we also picked the points. I'm thinking Baltimore minus eight and a half today. Also, th- this is with the spread. This is survivor. This is a spread survivor. You Ooh, need the like minus that. eight, huh? I like that. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I, I, look, I like I like Baltimore today. Uh, but here's here's one I want to I want to potentially steer you to, uh, Jimmy. And and look, the Chargers are plus seven at the Chiefs today. And here's the thing about the Chiefs. The Chiefs defense is not very good. You got a good opportunity for the Chargers to potentially get a backdoor cover late in the game. I really like the if you, if we're talking about the the favorite line on the board, to me I really like the plus 7 with the Chargers. By the way, the Chiefs last 9 games, they've only covered once. One out of the last night. I think there's good value on the Chargers. I do like Baltimore. I understand it at minus eight. But if you're looking for my favorite play, it's the Chargers at plus seven. Cool. I've still got them. There you go. Thanks, Jimmy. Appreciate the call. Good luck to you. Loving these calls, man. Loving the calls. Loving the calls. All right. Let's look at updated NFL odds, Super Bowl, MVP, AFC North odds to win the AFC North. Let's start with that. Odds to win the AFC North Championship. The Ravens are the favorite, plus 110, barely over. The Cleveland Browns, plus 125. Steelers, 5-1. to one. Bengals, 25-1. to one. So you're telling me there's a chance coming into the year. The ba- <laughs> coming into the year, the Bengals are 50-1. to one. They've already chopped that in half. That's um, right. Now still, do not do not bet on the Bengals to win the, the division, people. I don't care if you're the biggest Bengal fan in the world and you believe in them. Trust, do not bet on them to win the division. They're not going to win the division. But... I still like the Browns here. I think the Browns are the best team, plus 125. They've got an easy schedule coming up, not necessarily at the end of their season. Their last game won't be that hard. They play the Bengals. But uh, they have a relatively easy schedule the next, what, like eight weeks? Give me the Browns at plus 125 to win this division. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, all four teams are one and one going into week three. And look, your Cincinnati Bengals with a a decent chance today on the road at Steelers, they could be tied for first place in this division after week three. Could you imagine that? And we talked about their schedule coming up. I don't want to spend too much time on, on the Bengals and, and, and their chances, but they've got a nice little schedule coming up. We talked about how uh, going into November, this is a team that could be 500 or, or better. So, uh, But at 25 to 1, you're not touching that. I'm with you. I, st- I think the value is still on the Browns uh, at, at plus 125, and you're right. The schedule does get a little bit easier as we get going. And looking at Super Bowl odds, Dave, it's interesting that the Ravens and the Browns are both 13-1 to 1, uh, in the Super Bowl, and then the leaders right now are obviously the Chiefs and the Buccaneers. They're both at plus 450. And for me, I really like the number. I, I mentioned this last week. I, I still like the value on taking the Bucks at, four, at plus 450 because bringing everybody back from last year, I think they're an even better team than the, than the team that won the Super Bowl with the Bucks last year. I think they're, they're just going to get better as the year keeps going. The Chiefs' defense scares me. I think there's good value on the plus 450. And uh, looking at some of the other odds, you got Packers at ten to one, Bills eleven to one, Forty Niners eleven to one, and Rams forty. Uh, the the Rams are eleven to one. All right, we talk a lot about football in the show, and rightfully so. That's like the, the main thing. But this is you know it's a show about fantasy football and sports gambling, and that could be tennis. You and I like to bet on tennis. <laughs> I guess we not, do. Not a lot of people do golf. You love to bet on golf. I am loving the Ryder Cup. I mean. 
I have never gotten this into the Ryder Cup. I've always followed it. Golf is not one of my favorite sports, but as I get older, I continue to get more and more into it. Man, this has been fun. The Americans lead 11 to 5. What was the Americans were slight favorites coming in, right? Is that what were the betting odds coming in and how are you doing betting golf? Are you doing as well as the Americans? Well, so here's the deal. Going into the Ryder Cup, and, and look, the United States has lost this Ryder Cup a ton, right? Europe just seems to get it together and, and has, has dominated the Ryder Cup uh, lately. So going in, though, the U.S. obviously on paper had, uh, I think, nine of the top ten players in the world were were on the uh, USA team and look they've dominated they're, they're they've got a huge lead going into singles right so going into the Ryder Cup they were minus 200 and Europe was plus 160 now going into the Sunday singles the US uh, is minus 10,000 all right minus 10,000 in Europe you want to bet them 50 to 1 right now 50 to 1. Same odds as Travion Henderson to win the uh, Heisman. That's I like right. I like Travion Henderson's odds to win the Heisman better than I do uh, the Europeans coming back. I mean, my goodness. As you mentioned, so the Europeans have the number 1 player in the world in John Rahm and then the Americans have the next 9. Yes. Of the top 10 as you mentioned, of the top they mentioned this many times on the broadcast. It's just it's a great stat though. Of the top 10 players in the world, they're all there. 9 of them are Americans. And this is how things happen like 11-5, but it's been a lot of times the Americans have had the better team and they've lost. It's good to see them not only win most likely, but blow them out. So there's actually 12 singles matches today, Dave. And guess out of those 12 singles matches, how many Americans are favored in the head-to-head matchups against the Europeans? 10. 11. The All, only one R- is John Rom. Rom and Shoffley is the only, not Shoffley, but uh, Scheffler. Yes, yes. Yes. That's the only one where, where the Americans are an underdog. Scheffler must have saw that and said, seriously? <laughs> Why, why me? Why do I have to deal with this? No, he seems like he's a pretty confident dude. 25-year-old. Plus, they're so young. They're the, This is the youngest American team, and who knows, though? We'll, we'll get into more of that when we do our, our, our quick hitters later, but uh, um, actually, there's a caller we want to get to. I'm loving all these calls today. Let's head on out to the phone lines. If I can actually get this thing to work. <laughs> there we go. Matt, welcome hey, to the guys. fan. Welcome to On the Money. We finally got the phone lines to work there. How you doing? What is your question? Hey, so I have a flex question. Um, I'm losing Henderson today, so I can't play him, but I wanted to see if I could get Tyler Boyd, uh, DJ Chark, or KJ Osborne, because I really like Minnesota today. So I'm high on Osborne. I, I mentioned him when we were doing our, our daily fantasy picks for this week. I'm really high on him. Believe it or not, he has led Minnesota, uh, in receiving yards through, through the first couple weeks. Uh, juicy matchup against the Seahawks today. So you know what? Matt, I'm going KJ Osborne. I'm going DJ Chark. I hate when we do this because we're not really giving him any, we're just, who, who he trusts more, maybe trust Scotty more than me. Scotty's doing better than I am in in uh, fantasy football so far this year. I'm going Shark. I could see either one, though. So All for, right. Well, thank you, guys. So for me, by the way, Dave, when, when hey, we're doing this. Hey, good luck to you. Thanks for your call. Yeah, for when we're, when we're doing this, for me, it, a lot of the tiebreaker questions where, where you got a, a fantasy question, it, it comes down to over-unders in the game, right? Well, games that you think have, are going to have the more uh, points scored, obviously, put, put on the board, is, is the tiebreaker for me. And and I look at that Seattle-Minnesota game, and I just see a high-scoring game. And you know Cook is going to be out. So they're going Minnesota is going to have to sling the ball, throw the ball around. I, that's why I like Osborne just slightly above. 
Up next is our Bud Light Picks Contest, where Scotty and I pick all of the NFL games this week straight up. That is up next on The Money, 97.1 The Fan. We know everything about you. We know you love the Buckeyes. We know you love the Jackets. We know you're wearing a red shirt. I just freaked the hell out of someone. The Fan. On the money, 97.1 The Fan. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by Scotty Vegas. Scotty, tell the listeners about the awesome Bud Light Picks Contest at 971 The Fan. How can they sign up? What prizes can they win? Yeah, absolutely. Get your picks in today. All you're doing is picking winners in the NFL straight up, not against the spread. Go to 971thefan.com and you're competing for the season-long contest where you can win the ultimate Bud Light Fan Cave, which includes $900 towards new furniture for that fan cave. You get a kegerator, you get a big screen TV, you get decorations, all that good stuff. And by the way, if you hadn't signed up previously, you can still get in. There are weekly prizes. And in fact, Dave, I was just going through our winners from last week. We had an eight-way tie. Eight people picked 13 games right last week. So congrats to them. Uh, There was a tiebreaker. And so we do have a first place winner, which is John Mavro. So John Mavro will be get the weekly prize sent out to him. So get your picks in though today for week three. 971thefan.com. It's free and you can win prizes. So that sounds like a good deal right there. All right. Now Scotty and I and I are going to go game by game and pick the winners of all the NFL games today and tomorrow. These are straight up. We will give our five favorite bets to make against the spread in the final segment of the show around 10.50 today. Scotty, let's start with the 1 o'clock games. Here we go. Bears at Browns. Who you got? I've got the Browns. I've got the Browns. I can't wait to watch this. Can't wait to listen to it on the fan. Justin Fields, first start. Give me the Browns, though, to win the game. I also have the Browns. Bengals at Steelers. So I've been going back and forth on this one. I just think there are so many injuries for Pittsburgh. I'm taking your Bengals, Dave. Yes, I hope you're right. I'm going to go reverse psychology and pick the Steelers. <laughs> also because they always dominate the Bengals there. Um, I'll pick the Steelers, but I do think the Bengals have uh, more than a puncher's chance today with all those injuries. And the Bengals look, frankly, better than I thought they would. Um, Washington at the Bills. So later on, next segment, we're going to talk a little bit about why I really love teaser plays this week. Uh, this is one that I'm going to tease. I've got the Bills to win the game. I have the Bills as well. Ravens at Lions. Ravens. Ravens. Some of these are not very difficult. Colts at Titans. So this one is 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 a little was a little difficult for me. This is a divisional matchup. It's a big game for for both teams. I'm gonna go with the Titans though. Barely. I'm gonna go with the Titans. Carson Wentz is banged up. Not even sure if he's gonna play, and if he does, not gonna be at 100. percent Titans. You know they got that Derrick Henry machine rolling last week, and then some which I very much appreciated in one of my fantasy leagues. <laughs> got to throw that in there. I got the Titans winning that game at home. Chargers at Chiefs. Yeah, this is one. I told our caller last segment, and I said I love the points with the Chargers, but I am taking the Chiefs to win the game. I also have the Chiefs. I mean, they never cover the spread. Maybe they'll change this week, but straight up, I got the Chiefs. Saints at Patriots. Patriots favored by two and a half again. This is just straight up, though. Who you got? Yeah, I'm taking the Patriots at home. I got the Patriots as well. Falcons at Giants. Oh, what a game, right? Falcons, Giants. Uh, you know what? You have to pick somebody. I'll, I guess I'll take the Giants. In the NFC uh, Championship game preview, Falcons at Giants. I will also take the Giants. <laughs> Cardinals at Jags. Cliff Kingsbury against Urban Meyer. 
Cardinals are favored by like seven and a half. Who you got? Yeah, I've got to take the Cardinals on the road and Kyler Murray. Yep, I got Cardinals straight up. Jags, we'll see if they can cover, but straight up I'll take the Cardinals. Let's move on to the four o'clock games. Jets at Broncos. Uh, Easy one, Broncos big. Broncos as well. Dolphins at Raiders. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Raiders, but I kind of like the points with the Dolphins. But Raiders straight up. I'm going Raiders. Bucks at Rams. Ooh, I cannot wait for this one. So we got so many fun 1 o'clock games, but this 4 o'clock game is going to be incredible. I'm going to take the Rams at home. I've got the Rams as well. Seahawks at Vikings. Yeah, give me the Seahawks in a high-scoring game. Got the Seahawks as well. It's got the highest over-under of any game this week at 55.5. Sunday night game tonight, Packers at 49ers. I was a little bit surprised at this spread. The Packers are a three-point underdog. I'm going to take them straight up to win the game. I got the 49ers. Monday night football, Eagles at Cowboys. Give me the Cowboys at home. I've got the Cowboys as well. On the Money is sponsored by Mobile Center, taking taking care of all your cellular needs. Mobile Center, now part of the 5GT mobile network. And Bud Light, America's favorite light lager. The fan, Ohio's sports destination. Moneyline Mark, my man from Mobile Center, now joins us on On the Money. Week three NFL picks coming up. But first, Mark, I want to get your take on a good Super Bowl future bet to make. We've seen now two weeks in the NFL. Uh, what do you got for a Super Bowl future bet for me? Sure. So, you know, initially I loved uh, the Browns and the Rams, but the line has moved so much. Um, that the payout just isn't quite as aggressive if you haven't already, you know, placed those units into a good place. So what I what I like now is is kind of the Browns against the Cardinals uh, now coming out of the NFC East, and that's a plus eleven fifty for those two. Ooh, ooh, I like that Browns Cardinals. Cardinals have been hot, survived uh, week two with that that uh, game against Minnesota. I'll tell you. My Super Bowl prop bet that I've made real quick was, to be honest with you, through two weeks, I love the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I know that's chalk, right, at plus 450. But, man, they have looked so good. I think they're the only team through two weeks that has looked great. So I've got uh, Tampa Bay money in. All right, Moneyline Mark, you hit two out of three last week, which is awesome because they were upset picks. Uh, What do you got for us for week three? Yeah, so this week uh, I like the Falcons over the Giants. Um, I just think they played really hard uh, last week, and I, I could see, you know, the Giants, you know, their line just isn't that great. Barkley's not all the way back yet. There's just not a ton of talent, and they're just – even Galladay just seems off with Jones. I mean, they were just arguing on the sideline, et cetera. So I really like the Falcons in that one. You know, this next one makes me a little nervous just because, you know, two completely different teams through week – week two you know week one they were dominant week two just got completely worked over so i do like the saints over the pats um so that that's a a little bit of a a hail mary but i I do i think the saints bounce bounce back uh and then the last one is the packers over the niners um the niners are just running through uh rbs like crazy uh, I think the Packers are starting to gel a little bit more, so I, I like uh, Packers over Niners. All right, I made fun of you a little bit last week. I gave you a hard time for for your picks, and then you you, you kicked my butt because I was awful, awful in picks last week, and you hit two of three. Uh, I'm sorry to say, Moneyline Mark, I actually really like your three picks this week, which actually could be some trouble. Yikes. Yes, yeah, exactly. All right, we're going to catch you next week. Thanks so much for joining us, Moneyline Mark. Thank you.
Yeah, thanks as always to Moneyline Mark. Great hearing from him. He knows his stuff. Up next is our football quick hitters, which are five important questions about college or pro football that absolutely must be answered. That's up next on The Money, 97.1 The Fan. Whatever you're doing right now, just know that Bo Bishop is enjoying a sip of bourbon. Even if this promo is playing in the morning, no judgment. Ah, sweet morning drinking. The Fan. On The Money, 97.1 The Fan, I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by Scotty Vegas. It's time for our football quick hitters. These are five burning questions about college or pro football that absolutely must be answered. Take football serious around here. Here we go, Scotty. Number one, this is one we ask every week. Who will be the four teams that make the college football playoff? So the way I'm looking at this is we're projecting forward, right? I'm not talking yes. about just teams that are, right. are getting in right now. So, uh, you know, projecting forward, honestly, I think you're going to have two SEC teams. I'm going to go Alabama and Georgia. Uh, look, Oregon's good. I, I don't think the Pac-12 is, is very strong, but I think Oregon's going to come out of the Pac-12. And then for the fourth one, I think it's going to be the winner of the Big Ten, whether it's Iowa or Ohio State, Penn State, one of those. But I am going to go with, right now, I'm going to go Alabama, Georgia, Oregon, and then Dave, homer pick, but I'm going Ohio State. We have the same four. I oh, do Because here's the thing. I had Oklahoma in there last week. I'm dropping them out. I mean, yeah. yeah, Ohio State lost to Oregon. I mean, Oklahoma beat West Virginia by three. Maryland beat West Virginia. I mean, I yeah, not the, the Oregon game. Not that that was a good... But listen, if Ohio State goes 12 and 1 and they're going to be favored in every game the rest of the year, they win the Big 10 championship. I think 12 and 1 Ohio State gets in over. And I think Oklahoma's going to drop a game somewhere along the line. Now, maybe Oklahoma runs the table and even if they don't look good, but they're sitting there, they're Big 12 champs and they're undefeated, they probably would get in over 12 and 1 Ohio State. But I just have a feeling 12 and 1 Ohio State will get in, but right now that number 4 team to me is up for grabs. But I agree with you. I have Bama, Georgia, Oregon, then I have Ohio State. Now wait a minute. Let me ask you this. Last week you had Cincinnati in your top four. How are you dropping you, you, now? Just because Bodie's out there, like you know, <laughs> shooting uh, his gun at uh, Luke Fickle pictures. Like what? Uh, come on, what, why? Are, why have the Bearcats dropped out? You know, the, the great thing is this college football season is so wide open. Usually we have like what five or six teams that we can consider for those top four. This year I think it is so wide open, and I do think that you know the Notre Dame Cincinnati winner is going to have a leg up and probably be potentially number four. Uh, in the rankings after next week, but you know, I just, I just think Ohio State, if they were to go and win the Big Ten, and I'm with you, I think that they would get in if they win the rest of their games. Yeah, we would uh, not hate that at all if the Buckeyes were able to get in. Now they have to play Bama or Georgia; it might not go too well, but still, give me the CFP and give me a chance. Because frankly, going down there, the Sugar Bowl in 2014, I remember thinking with Cardale, I'm thinking, I'll oh, just, just keep it close, just don't get blown out. And of course, Ohio State beats Alabama in one of the all-time thrillers for the Buckeyes, and then blows the doors off of Oregon, at least in the second half they did to win the national championship. So give me a chance at the title rather than playing like the Citrus Bowl or one of those other bowls that doesn't really matter. Uh, or even one of the New York Six, New uh, the New Year's Six Bowls, which every once in a while that's fun. Like going off the Rose Bowl a few years ago against Washington was fun. Give me the CFP, even if you think you don't have much chance anytime over any of the other bowls. All right, Scotty, what are your three favorite sports weekends of the year? I love this one. So I love the Ryder Cup. It's not quite into the top three, but man, I love the Ryder Cup a lot, uh, which is why I'm, I'm going to be locked in all weekend, all, all, all day, I should say, today. Uh, but here's the thing. I'm going to go number one weekend is 
First weekend of March Madness. You can't beat it. It's a great, great four days. I'm going with that as number one. Number two for me, I'm going to go Thanksgiving weekend. You got the NFL games on Thursday. You got the rivalry games. You got OSU-Michigan on Saturday. You can't beat that. I'm going that as number two. And then number three, look, I'm a huge golf guy. I'm going Masters. I'm going to go the weekend of the Masters is number three. This is a tough one for me, but number one for me is, and these are in no particular order, but uh, the first weekend of the NCAA tournament, with the caveat, if Ohio State is in the big dance, if Ohio State's not in the big dance, I still like it, but it just loses some luster for me. If Ohio State is at least in the big dance, that first weekend, I'm, I'm counting Thursday and cheating a little bit here, that Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, love it, love it, love it, basketball wall to wall. Uh, number two for me, opening Sunday in the NFL, which we just had a couple weeks ago. I love it. I mean, you, we talk about these teams all year. You really can't tell anything from preseason. We overanalyze it. And then all of a sudden, you get to see all these teams out there. Um, obviously, there's a Thursday night opener. But that opening Sunday in the NFL, I love it. Um, number three for me, again, these are not in order. These are just my top three in whatever order. The weekend of the Ohio State-Michigan game. And people say, oh, it's lost its luster. Not for me, it hasn't. Not for someone who suffered through the 90s, it hasn't. Like, I, I will never, ever get sick of beating Michigan. And, you know, uh, even this year, I always have some trepidation leaving up to the game. Michigan, even though they didn't look good yesterday, look they still look better than I thought they would this year. I'll be nervous going into that game, but nothing beats. It's like, the, it's like the, Ohio State and Michigan's like personal Super Bowl every year. It's why it's the game. So we have two out of the three the same March Madness first weekend and uh, and Thanksgiving weekend, which is also including Ohio State Michigan. But you know I, I like your picks too, and and I look as a golf guy to me it's it's Masters as number three. You are you're a big golf guy. You like golf even more than tennis. Yeah. Where, where are you at? Are you is football your favorite? Then golf or where are you at? Where's where's the the Ooh. what's the pantheon of, of Scotty Vegas sports loves? Believe it or not, college basketball is number one. Ooh. OSU basketball uh, number two for me is, is probably golf then football at three. Ooh. It's weird, but I, yes, it's not weird. Partially, partially, I, I'm a little uh, biased right now because the golf betting has done so well for me in the last couple months, but I, I, I'm slightly golf ahead of football. For those that haven't heard the story on the show, we've told it the last few weeks. Scotty's so good at golf betting, <laughs> they cut him off on his sports book. Yep. They said, you can't do this. You can't do live betting in golf anymore. You're too good at it. Now, have sports books ever cut off somebody because they're losing too much money? Uh, nope. No. <laughs> but if you're winning too much money, they'll cut you off. I tell you what, though, that, that shows you how good you are at it when you have the sports book cutting you off. I absolutely love it. Um, all right, here you go. Topical. Who will be the Buckeyes starting quarterback for the majority of the remainder of the season? Well, I can't wait to get your opinion on this. I'm going to say CJ Stroud. I think he'll be back this week, and I think he'll be the guy. What, 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 what about you, Dave? Yeah, I have CJ jotted yeah. down. Now, Going into last night, I was thinking, are we seeing the start of the Kyle McCord era? Um, or, you know, Ryan Day picked C.J. Stroud, and I don't think C.J. Stroud played poorly. He did against Tulsa, but that could have been mostly the shoulder. He wasn't the reason they lost the Oregon game. Did he play perfect? No. His interception was terrible. He missed some throws. There are also some drop passes in that game. Olave dropped what would have been a touchdown. Um, there were some other throws that, that weren't perfect. The young man's a redshirt freshman starting his second game through for 484 yards and three touchdowns. He wasn't the reason they lost the Oregon game. So, yeah, Ryan Day's already made clear he thinks C.J. Stroud's the best. He picked him, and they weren't rotating guys. He just went with Stroud. If the shoulder gets to be, let's say, 90% healthy or even better than that, I do think Ryan Day will go back to C.J. Stroud, and I think C.J. Stroud will start the majority of the remainder of games for the Buckeyes this year. Good problem to have, though. They've got great depth. I don't remember this depth 
other than 2014, I guess. Well, yeah, they had a few years there, I guess, when they had JT Barrett and Joe Burrow and Dwayne Haskins. That was pretty yeah. good depth, too. But this this year, they've got some fantastic depth. All right, number four in our football quick hitters. Scotty, who will win NFL Rookie of the Year? Yeah, and this is, this is Offensive Rookie of the Year. And so I'm going to go... With Mac Jones, I think you know. I think this Patriot team, and, and by the way, he is the betting favorite. He's at plus two fifty. I'm going to take Mac Jones, just barely above Justin Fields. I'll take Justin Fields. I'll go with the Homer pick. You're right. Mac Jones does have the the highest odds right now. He just he's a game manager. People who compare him to Tom Brady, I mean, he doesn't have the arm strength of Tom Brady. Not that Tom Brady has an absolute cannon. You don't compare him to like Elway or like Marino or anything like that. But Brady's got a stronger arm than I think he gets credit for sometimes. I don't see that out of Mac Jones, but he's doing a good job. He is the betting favorite. Give me Justin Fields, though. If he can, you know, if he keeps that job and plays well and somehow leads the Bears to the playoffs, I think Justin Fields has a good chance of winning that award. Number five, which NFL coach will be the first to get fired this year, Scotty? Now, this could include after the season if no one gets fired during the season. Well, I, I placed one bet on this prop already, and I went Matt Nagy. I just think you know the Bears are going to move on from him, and I think he's going to screw up how this Justin Fields, Andy Dalton thing is going. He's already screwed it up, but uh, I'm, I went Matt Nagy before the season. I, I'm going to stick with that. Sorry, Bodie. Cover your ears. I'm going with uh, McCarthy. I'm going with Mike McCarthy. Um, I just and now he looks better this year, but I couldn't believe how lost he looked last year. It looked like he was like one of those coaches that like should be retired and is just cashing a check. They do look better this year, but if Dallas doesn't win their division, I think after the season, I think Jerry Jones will move on. Um, I don't think anybody's gonna get fired during the season. I could be wrong there. Usually there is, so could be wrong there. But yeah, some of the guys on my short list as well, Matt Nagy. Zach Taylor. Yes. Yep. Zach Taylor. If the Bengals don't go, you know, don't win more than like, let's say six games and he continues to do dumb things. Now it's not his fault. The front office didn't beef up the offensive line after getting their quarterback killed last year. Um, but still, I, Zach Taylor's got to be on the hot seat if he doesn't you know, find a way to uh, at least have a decent season. Scotty, I know there were some NFL teasers you wanted to get out there. We were going to do this earlier in the show. There's been spending such an action-packed show. Tell the listeners about some NFL teasers you like this week. Yes, so if you're relatively new to sports betting, here's the thing. We're, we've got all these NFL lines out there. You can tease lines down. There's, there's a ton of different ways that you can do this, but one of the popular things in the NFL is to tease lines down. You can either do it by six points, six and a half, seven points. There are so many games this week that to me make a lot of sense for a uh, NFL teaser. And let me throw this out at you. You've got the Cardinals and the Jaguars. Right now, that's a, a seven and a half point spread. If you were to tease that thing down six points, then it's only one and a half. And then you basically have a pick them, right? You got the Ravens who are giving seven and a half to the Lions. Tease that thing down. Bills giving seven to the Washington football team. The Chiefs are a seven point favorite. The Browns are a seven and a half point favorite. But what I'm saying is all of these six, seven, eight-point favorites, it makes sense to tease them down six points rather than taking them on the money line. Just throwing this out there. If you did Cardinals, Ravens, Bills, Chiefs, and Browns, all between seven and eight-point favorites, tease them down six points, then you would get plus 350 on the money line on a six-point as a, on a six point teaser, if you were to take them on the money line, you would only get plus two forty. So you're getting a lot more value on taking a six point teaser versus doing a money line parlay. 
Real quick, I want to touch on some Big Ten football. We promised we would do this a little bit more. Um, take Ohio State out of the mix. When you look at the games yesterday, what are a couple that stood out the most? We had Notre Dame blowing out Wisconsin 41-13, even though Wisconsin led 13-10 to early in the fourth quarter. Crazy. Michigan 20, Rutgers 13. Rutgers dominated the second half after trailing 20-3 to at halftime. Um, you look at Bowling Green upsetting Minnesota, my goodness, 14-10 to there. Penn State 38, Villanova 17. Penn State was favored by 30, win by 21. Michigan State 23, Nebraska 20 in overtime. What are a couple things that stand out there to you? So first, the, the jaw-dropping thing is the fact that Minnesota lost to a horrendous Bowling Green team, right? That that was just shocking. They They win the previous week. 30 to nothing over Colorado and somehow lose as a 30 and a half point favorite. 30 and a half point favorite, uh, to Bowling Green. So that was jaw dropping, jaw dropping. The thing to me, Dave, too, that I looked at that, that really caught my attention was the fact that Rutgers had a chance to go to Michigan and win that football game. They actually ended up getting more total yards than Michigan did in the game. They had a missed field goal late. They had a chance to win that football game and you and I have been talking in previous weeks, weeks uh, how good Michigan has looked. They did not look the part yesterday. They did not. I can't wait to see Ohio State against Rutgers. This Rutgers team is not any type of juggernaut. They're not a threat to win the Big Ten East, but they're a solid team. Shiana will have them ready. Um, game will be in Piscataway. That's going to be a nice test for the Buckeyes. The Buckeyes will win that game, I, I think, but like it'll be a nice test for them next week. All right, up next is best bets where Scotty and I We'll give our five favorite bets to make today against the spread. That is up next on The Money, 97.1 The Fan. Season ticket holder from day one, us two. Now and forever, your flagship home of the Columbus Blue Jackets. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. On The Money, 97.1 The Fan, I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by the Scotty Vegas well, look at that, Bodie. It is time for Best Bets. Hit it, my friend. It's time for Biddle and Scotty Vegas to fight to the death. It's time for Best Bets. Sponsored by Mobile Center, part of the 5GT Mobile Network. This is where Scotty and I make our five favorite NFL bets to make today or tomorrow against the spread. Scotty was 1-3-1 and last week. I was 2-3. and three. A hell of a week for us, Yuck. Scotty. Yuck. Scotty leads barely on the season. Scotty is now four, five, and one on the season. I am four and six. Let's turn it around this week. Scotty, what are your best bets? Yeah, we need to regroup after that. Woo. Uh, so, number one for me, number one, and I love that this is ticked up to seven points. I'm taking the Chargers plus seven against the Chiefs. Chiefs don't cover games. They don't cover games. They win games. They don't cover games. Number two, I'm going to go with the Patriots minus three against the Saints. Number three, I'm going to go with the Rams, who are getting a point against the Buccaneers. Number four, I think there's too many points. I think there's a little overcorrection uh, over uh, over with the Raiders. I'm going to go with the Dolphins giving four points. And then the last one, I'm actually going to go with the Minnesota Vikings. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I think the Vikings, the fact that they're playing at home, I know that Cook is out. I think the Vikings are going to win at home as an underdog, but they're getting two points. So give me the Vikings at plus two. All right. Mine are, and I tell you what, these, this is a tough slate. There's some that usually jump out at me. Doesn't mean I'm right. This week it was like, man, like nothing really jumped out at me. My first one is 
49ers. I'll lay the three against the Packers. Um, I think everybody overreacted after week one for the Packers, but I don't think that they're just back now. I mean, that offseason strife was real. Uh, 49ers, their defense, um, Packers having to go on the road. I'll lay the three and take the 49ers. Cowboys minus three and a half versus the Eagles Monday night. Cowboys playing at home. I like what they're doing. Now, if you're a Zeke, this is fantasy football, what I'm going to talk about here. If you're a Zeke owner, you got to be thinking, man, that Pollard looks good. <laughs> yeah. In the one league I have Zeke, I don't have Pollard. I'm like, ugh. Pollard, look, Pollard looks really good, and he's stealing a lot of carries from Zeke. Give me the Cowboys minus three and a half against the Eagles. Number three, uh, in the uh, as we joke, the NFC championship preview game here. Give me the Giants minus two and a half against the Falcons. Number four. I think Justin Fields is going to struggle a little bit today. You know, in his first start, I, I, you know, he's going to have a lot of pressure on him just being his first start. He's back in Ohio. Um, this is a really good Browns team that's going to score. It's going to put pressure on the Bears to score. Uh, and uh, it's a big point spread, but I'm going to lay the seven and a half. I'm going to take the Browns minus seven and a half over the Bears. My last one is one we disagree on. I have. I will take the Raiders. I will stay on the Raiders bandwagon and lay the three and a half against the Dolphins. So I'm taking all teams that are home teams that are favorite so i'm sure i'll go 0 and 5 this week so all hope teams that are favorites are my best bets all right scotty where's your benjamin going today where is your hundred dollar bet going today all right so while last week's nfl bets did not work out i gave out the the nine to one that max homo would win the golf tournament last week and that hit in my hundred dollars so i'm going to stick with a nine to one uh theme here i'm going to go nine to one as my hundred dollar play this is a money line parlay i'm going cardinals Ravens, Browns. I'm taking the Rams, Packers, and Broncos. Pays nine to one. Those are all money line. USA leading 11-5 in the Ryder Cup. They will tee off in Woo. about an hour. Are you nervous at all? I'm not. And then, do you have any bets today? Oh, do I have bets today? Oh, <laughs> do I have bets today? Do you want to mention any of your golf bets? Yeah, Americans favored in 11 of the 12. Uh, the one that I think is pretty much a lock is I've got John Rahm. Well, that is our show for today. We will be with you every Sunday from 9 to 11 a.m. talking fantasy football and sports gambling for Scotty Vegas and producer Bodie Wells. I am Dave Biddle. Thanks again for making us a part of your morning and enjoy the rest of your day. Up next on the fan is pregame coverage of the Chicago Bears at the Cleveland Browns. This has been On the Money, 97.1 The Fan. a listener tweet. Can I tase Common Man in the nuts? Fine by us, but he may like it. Common Man and T-Bone. Weekdays from 3 to 6. The Fan. Be by any car.